Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tech People. Today, we will learn all about customer retention and customer success best practices. I'm delighted to welcome back Ben Rosenberg on the show. Previously, Ben gave us a great insight on how to craft a successful customer story, which ultimately leads to more engaged customers. If you missed it, do check it out. I published this episode in July last year. Ben is now the Senior Director of Customer Support, Enablement and Community at Churn Zero. He shares his insights on the importance of customer retention, which is especially relevant in the current economic environment. He shares the challenges companies face in customer retention, how to approach these challenges, and what best practices to put in place for customer success. Let's welcome Ben to the show. Welcome, Ben. Great to have you back. How are you doing today? Thanks, Ken. I'm doing, doing great and happy to be here and uh, yeah, excited for our conversation today. Yeah, awesome. Listen, maybe you could give us, I know you, you, you were with us previously, but maybe you could give us an update a bit about yourself and I suppose what has changed since we last spoke also. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So since our last conversation, um, I spent about a year doing some consulting work, mostly for seed and series A stage companies around customer success, customer support, and a little bit of strategy work and really enjoyed that. And I recently moved into a full-time role with a customer success platform called Churn Zero. So I am the senior director of uh, customer support and enablement. So I run their support function. We have a external sort of customer enablement function as well as our internal enablement. And then I'm pretty heavily involved in um, all of our CX operations and customer success team as well. Very cool. Well, that's a quite interesting topic, customer churn and customer retention. And I think even more so in the current environment, as things are slowing down and there is, you know, questions about the future, what's happening. Um, I think this becomes very, very important. But I understand there's a number of different challenges in this area. Maybe you could share some of the challenges you are seeing on your side in terms of customer retention. Yeah, absolutely. I think to your point, you know, when either economy or, you know, financial pressure or whatever the sort of overlying reason is, um, you know, when sales start to slow down, you know, I think it often leads to an increased focus on the retention side of the business. You know, it's one of those things that I like to think about as kind of a pendulum, right? When times are good, it's easy to mask some bad behaviors or poor retention with new incoming sales. And then when the sales side starts to, to dry up a little bit, the, the focus kind of moves back over. And, you know, I think the challenge that a lot of companies and, you know, I think we see this a little bit with some of our customers as well are starting to face is retaining customers is a much more, you know, challenging and long-term investment and process, right? Not to, to discredit the sales side of the company or you know, how that process is built out. Not to say that's easy necessarily, but in order to really build those relationships and drive adoption and be able to have the conversation around expansion and all those good things that you want to see, it takes a lot of time and energy and investment. And I think what starts to get exposed a little bit when the sales side 
slows down is if you haven't invested the time and energy to really build the infrastructure and the behaviors and the practices, it's a hard thing to make up for quickly. So I think that's kind of the world that we're in right now where, you know, as spending and, and buying decisions get a little bit tighter, you know, it's it can become a challenge, I think, sometimes for CS teams to quickly pivot or or sort of navigate their customers through that conversation internally. It's, yeah, interesting because I would have thought, and, you know, I could be wrong here, but I would have thought that it would be easier, less, I suppose, cost, it would be less cost to start and be less of a challenge to retain your existing clients versus going out to the market and trying to get new clients. Is that not the case, do you think? Or is it because it's uh, because the technologies have changed that it's more difficult to retain clients now because it's easier to jump? Is that the, the issue or would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my perspective is maybe a little biased here too because of my, you know, sort of roles and expertise. But, yeah. you know, I would say my perception on that is for most of the solutions that exist in this sort of SaaS or technology space, which is where most of my background is, I think the level of parity that you see between offerings in the same space is largely very similar. And so, yes, there are some aspects of some, you know, types of tools or maybe individual companies or or offerings that are very sticky and hard to transition from. But, you know, I would say broadly for most major categories of tools, as a buyer, you've probably got you know, three to five pretty legitimate options to choose from. And so, uh, yeah, I do think my perspective is it's very challenging these days to retain a customer. The way that competitors will try to eke out sales from, you know, larger established companies is is typically in one of two ways, right? You can try to have a, a large feature differentiation or maybe something a little bit more niche that a larger yes. player can't offer. But, you know, the other way to attack some of those companies is to win on price, right? And so, you know, it's hard to fend both of those types of competitors off at the same time when the the core functionality and feature set that can be developed relatively easily for, you know, most types of SaaS offerings is pretty similar. And so that's where I think the retention behavior and mindset becomes a very complicated game of chess at times. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree with you, but I suppose one other area that I would I would have add, added on to that based on my experience is the whole customer experience aspect of it. Well, that, that's a really good point. And it's something, you know, we've been talking a lot about quite a bit internally and, and is very prevalent in the space right now for CX more broadly is like what the impact of AI or AI assisted tooling is going to mean for customer experience. Okay. You know, my personal view is that I think there will be a strategic decision for companies to make, which is, you know, how far into the automated experience are we comfortable going? And I think for me, what I hope anyways, is that I think the companies that are going to win from that perspective are going to be the ones who most effectively can blend an AI-driven model or AI support or AI experience sort of tooling and technology with human operators who can leverage those types of tools really effectively. So I think that sort of balance and mix is, is hopefully what will be the winning, for, winning formula for, for most companies going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the people aspect is really important with that. Do you, do you think the technology, are we there yet? I know, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of development in AI. Are we there in terms of the technology at this stage? 
we're getting close and you know it's it, we're not far off i think you know especially for those of us more in the in the support world these tools have been around you know the the concept of this is not anything overly new but the implementation and execution and the quality of the interactions has you know obviously taken some massive uh, steps forward you know in the last year and you know, maybe even more specifically in the last 6 months or so with you know chatgpt3 and and now four coming so, you know, I, I, they're, they're good, right? The big challenges, in my view right now, we're experimenting with, with a couple of the offerings is any of these tools are only going to be as good as the, the data and information that you train them on, right? So not having good knowledge management practices or documentation or robust procedure documentation is going to be a challenge still. But yeah, those are things that will improve quickly and as the technology improves. But yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely in the early days, but it's it's moving quickly, and you know, it's I think only going to grow exponentially quicker. So I think we're we're closer than a lot of people realize to that being a, a viable experience for for companies to implement. Very interesting, Ben. But going going back so to the customer retention aspect, I mean, you mentioned you know the challenges that that your clients are facing. So I mean, in your experience, how do you approach these challenges? Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of back to how to think about that retention aspect, really at the end of the day, it comes down to how do you articulate the value that your product or service is bringing to your customers? You know, not not a revolutionary statement in the world of customer success, right? That's what these teams have, have been built and designed around. But I think the way that that gets executed oftentimes is maybe a little bit misguided. An analogy that I like to use is if you think about as a people leader having one-on-one -on -one conversations with members of your team, if every single one of those conversations is, you know, very tactical and metrics and, you know, numbers driven and, you know, kind of down in the in the weeds of their day-to-day -day job and you're not spending any of that time talking about their career growth or soft skills or learning and development you're probably stagnating that employee's growth. And, and I think the relationship that a customer success manager has with, with their customer can be thought of very similarly, which is if your touch points and interactions and QBRs are very sort of usage driven, or you're not bringing anything strategic or thoughtful or forward looking to those conversations, then it's really hard for that customer to articulate like what they're getting out of those interactions. Um, and so I think that's one one aspect that that's really important to think about. The other area is kind of back to our what do we do when times are tougher from a, a buying and spending perspective is if that point of contact or, or whoever you're working with at your customer, if they can't articulate the value of your tool or service to the rest of the company, then if there is a conversation around budget or spending or what tools are mission critical, if they're not armed to have that conversation, you're toast from the start too. So I think about those two sort of aspects. One is how do you make sure that that point of contact understands the value, but then how do you help them articulate that across the rest of the company? Oh, very interesting. And how about, because we mentioned there on the, you know, the technology, how does technology help in this process? Yeah, that's a really good, really good question and good point. You know, I think the main few areas that that falls into is you can really start to think about what are the, the tools that can help you visualize, understand, and articulate those things. So I'll, I'll use an example from, you know, kind of the SaaS world, which is usage data is a really interesting 
thing to start to track, right? Like where are the customers, users leveraging the product the most? What features are they gravitating towards? Which ones are they not using or adopting? So that can be a, a powerful way to start to think about it. You know, I think back to the AI and sort of that part of the conversation as well. There's a, a growing ecosystem of tools that can help to identify proactively, you know, things like upsell opportunities or falling adoption and all those sort of maybe leading indicators. And those can be very helpful things. And then lastly, I would say it's kind of like having the industry expertise and knowledge of what your customer is doing that can also be a powerful weapon in your arsenal to you know have a little bit of credibility built into the conversations that you're having or uh, having done some research or leverage some outside services maybe to participate in some research so that you can speak effectively to the challenges that your customers are having great ben and that actually leads nicely into you know you mentioned earlier about different times, different challenges, whether it's sales and now going into economic challenges and customers are back focusing on retention, but they seem to get into um, bad practices. So would you mind talking us to, uh, you know, in your view, what you mean, some best practices that companies should be adapting, I suppose, not only for now, but maintaining going forward in the future for this? Yeah. So I think one of the, the most important things on the success side of the house is making sure that those interactions that they have with customers are meaningful. So whether that be, you know, insight into how they're leveraging the platform, maybe it's some use cases that are maybe non-traditional or they fit into a, a challenge that they're having operationally or from a business perspective. But yeah, if those meetings become stale and repetitive from a customer's perspective, it's really hard to climb out of that hole. So I think having a thoughtful sort of roadmap for your customer journey. When are CSMs going to reach out? When they do reach out, what are they going to talk about? How do you blend some of the tactical day-to-day needs with some of the strategic and planning side of the conversation? So that's really important. I think in terms of the customer support or service side, what is really important when it comes to retention and kind of growing that relationship is, do you have the right mechanisms in place within your business to flag and raise and identify where potential service experiences are either going not so great or also the opposite, right? Like, hey, this is a customer that's really engaged, or this is a user from this customer who is becoming a champion, um, and maybe we can leverage that person in some other ways. So I think that mechanism and communication channel is really important also. And then lastly, I think the other piece of advice I would give is when it comes to retention and renewals, this is a hard practice to execute, but most CS teams gravitate towards really only planning maybe for the current quarter and maybe the next quarter uh, worth of renewals. But high-performing CS teams are really thinking about pretty much their entire book all the time, right? So what are the activities that we need to start now for our customers who re- uh, renew in six months or nine months? And so I think the farther ahead in that conversation you can get, it buys you a lot of time and equity. I think that's where I see a lot of things go wrong oftentimes with CS teams is by the time they've identified, you know, potential churn or a risky account, it's too late, right? It's too close to their renewal and they they maybe have already checked out or already started to look at alternatives and to build all that credibility and and drive value and show it show and, and articulate all those things that we've talked about, you can't do that in a month, right? So I think that's that would be my other advice is as as far ahead as you can get um, to start having those conversations will help. 
Great advice. How, I mean, I like that reaching out and when to reach out, uh, you know, and not overreach out. But how about also, I mean, that's, I mean, that's very much direct contact. How about in terms of indirect, like things like, you know, I suppose you mentioned earlier on about knowledge management and sharing that knowledge. Like I, mm-hmm. I go on some websites and they got some fantastic videos on, you know, how to use, if, you know, features of the website, part of the new features coming is constantly sharing, which is kind of, it's not direct to direct, but it's indirect knowledge sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's a really important piece of the puzzle. For me personally, it's actually one of the compelling reasons I, I came to the company I'm at now is they've invested a lot in this area. Um, okay. You know, I like to think about customer experience as sort of a sum of all of these various parts. So, you know, we, well, I'll, I'll say this more generally, which is like, you know, the way that you enable and educate customers and empower them to derive value from your platform sometimes comes down to like arming them with the information that they need, right? So having a well-written and easy to navigate knowledge management solution for them or help center, knowledge base, whatever you want to call it, that can pay dividends in terms of both their adoption and usage. There's also obvious uh, benefits in terms of, you know, cases and support costs for those customers. But more broadly, where, you know, part of my role is pretty heavily focused on is the training and enablement side for customers. So how do you build a program for the different use cases or personas who might be on your platform or service and make sure that they've got content that's geared towards the information that they need to know at the depth of specificity that is relevant for them? And then how do you deliver that content to them at the right time in their journey? I think are important aspects. And so, yeah, to your point, this is pretty all-encompassing and there, there's a lot of indirect sort of nudges that happen throughout the customer experience. And then the last thing I would add on that front is pretty typical, especially in the, in the SaaS world, to have you know, some sort of customer marketing function. So how can you enable communication cadences and information uh, sent to customers at the right time in their journey? So this should really be a fairly holistic playbook when you think about okay, we're going to go through you know, an onboarding experience for this period of time. At the end of that, they're going to get this set of content to them. And the, the uh, CSM is going to talk to them about these three things uh, that are, we know are important for customers early on. So you really need to start to think about it from all the various touch points, whether that be you know, human content or, or service. Wow, fantastic. Great advice, Ben. I mean, gone with Gumby today where you just uh, sell something and you walk away. Uh, <laughs> different times now. But get get going forward into customer success. I mean, it's very it's such an interesting topic, and you could talk for hours on it. But how do you see it evolving into the future? You know, I think the economic sort of period that we're in right now. I think one of the outcomes of that potentially is that we'll start to see maybe a little bit of consolidation in you know areas that are maybe a little oversaturated with offerings. So with some of that consolidation, I think comes a renewed focus on how do you differentiate yourself, right? And so I think you and I share a similar opinion, which is uh, I think service will start to become a larger differentiator, not to say that it isn't today, but I think that yes. becomes a, a much heavier focus over the next you know handful of years. You know, kind of back to my point around feature parity being you know uh, easier to overcome, I think service ends up being the big differentiator. You know, and then broadly, like we talked about, I think how you integrate new tooling and technology, AI in particular, becomes very important. But, you know, I think to me, if the trend continues where buyers are going to be a little bit more 
cost conscious, you know, uh, VC funding or funding of companies maybe becomes a little bit more selective. These are all indicators to me that the sort of older mindset of the growth, top line growth or top line sales revenue being the main metric, I, I think that is going to shift more towards retention where, you know, the, the companies that will have longer term success are the ones who can successfully retain customers for, you know, three plus years rather than, you know, trying to continually refill that bucket with new sales coming in and, and maybe leaking some out from a churn perspective. Fantastic. Listen, Ben, thank you. Great insights as always. Pleasure to have you on the podcast. If people would like to get in touch with you again, what would be the best way? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn's probably the easiest uh, way to get a hold of me. It's linkedin.com slash Benny Rosenberg. You can also find me at Rosencall, R-O-S-E-N-C-A-L-L.com. Thank you, Ben. A real pleasure as always. Cool. Thanks, Ben.